Welcome to the She's the Owner podcast. I'm your host, Kara McCarran. On this podcast, you will find tips on business, relationships, and personal growth. I keep it real, I keep it honest, but I say it with love. As a coach and entrepreneur of over 20 years, I have a whole host of takes on all aspects of personal development. So grab a coffee and buckle up. This is the She's the Owner podcast. Hey, everybody. It's the She's the Owner podcast. I'm your host, Karen McCarran, and this is episode 118. And the title of this episode is You Belong at This Table. So I, it's been a few weeks since I've uh, recorded a podcast, so I might this might go a little bit longer than normal, but we'll see. So what does it mean you belong? You have a seat at this table. You belong at this table. What does any of that even mean? I'll tell you a story a little bit, um, you know, a little bit about my past and, and a bit about why this was even something that came up for me recently. And it did. And I've worked through it and it was a really in- incredible experience, but it definitely takes, um, I don't know if the words bravery, courage, I don't know, it takes something to, to dig into the stuff that you don't want to dig into. Um, and part of that is the, I don't belong syndrome. So I come from a family of um, alcoholics. They, my mom and dad drank a lot. There was a lot of emotional abuse and mental abuse, really, because they didn't love themselves and didn't know how to love my brother and I. And so they did their best. And there's absolutely zero that I can say about it that outside of they did their best and I love them and love them. And it's, it is what it is. But what happens when you're in an environment like that you can find yourself really struggling to belong. And so part of my business practice is that I had this feast or famine mentality. And I've talked about this openly and I've talked about it in other um, recordings and other places. And feast or famine for me was because my dad, or so I thought, this is the interesting thing when you start to do healing. And I worked with somebody on my subconscious and it was unfucking believable so much so that I'm definitely getting certified in timeline um, therapy because I think it's that valuable. So I, the, the issue that I had in my mind was I want to really work on this feast or famine because in business, that's a shitty way to live any, anywhere. It's a shitty way to live, but especially in business, right? Like because you hustle so much harder when you work for yourself than when you work for anybody else that you really don't want to be, you know, having that feast or famine mindset. So when I reached out to this person, I said, okay, like, this is the scoop. This is where I'm at. Here's what I want to figure out, blah, blah, blah. And he asked me some really pointed questions like, well, what does money mean for you? Okay. Well, money means for me freedom. Okay. And as soon as I said the word freedom, So I, we had a little interruption. So if there's a blip in this podcast, you know why my kid came in looking for an iPad pen. I mean, really, sheesh, there's a rule in our house. If you hear me talking, you don't come in, but that's okay. All good. So I think I was talking about, so this feast or famine and what money means to me is freedom. But what, what I, as soon as I heard the word freedom, what happened for me was I had this like, almost, not almost, it was a panic. Like I actually just felt, you know, the surge of panic in me because 
freedom has always been a thing for me, but for some reason, maybe it's, it dredged up some stuff during COVID and I'm just seeing it now, but like picture, I don't know. It was like, I could picture myself in an ocean with a buoy and that was me in an ocean and that was it. And that was what freedom looked like. Like, or the other analogy that came to mind was like, I was holding a balloon and in the sky, like I was just holding a balloon and it was flailing in the sky. And it was like, kind of just out there and there was no anchor. And so I was like, well, what the hell does that mean? And so as I dug in, I was like, holy shit, it feels like I don't belong anywhere. I don't have an anchor and I don't belong anywhere. And that was really the root of the feast or famine. So it wasn't that I can't have money and I want to get rid of it. It's that if I dug deeper, what it really was about was this feeling of not belonging. And as a kid from, and, and here's, so the part of the exercise was like, when did I decide that that was true? When did I decide I didn't belong? And I actually really easily picked a, a, an event and I was 15 years old and there was drama in my, my parents, with my parents, there was some physical stuff that went on. And I remember just feeling like they were, so there was a house fire in my, in my mom and dad's place. And so they were living in an apartment while the house was renovated. And I just remember feeling this overwhelming feeling of them, like emotionally pushing me out of the room and physically they were being, you know, like there was some physical altercations happening, but there was something about that event where I felt like I was emotionally being shoved out of this, out of the family or out of the room. And I remember thinking, I really don't belong in this family. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't belong in this family. I'm, a, And, you know, you always have the thoughts of like, maybe I'm adopted and all the things. But really, truly, I never felt like I had belonged in, in that family. And so as we're doing the exercise, it just something hit me like a brick wall. I was like, holy shit, that wasn't the first time I decided that. And so I had to go back even for, further. And when I went back, what it was, was there was this moment in time, I think I was about seven or eight, and I used to go to Ukrainian scouts called PLOST. And I'm not a full-blooded Ukrainian. I, my dad was, is Ukrainian. My mom was French and Scottish and a few other things. Heinz 57, right? Like she's Canadian. She's a whole bunch of stuff. So I was not fully a full Ukrainian kid going into this very Ukrainian culture. I mean, I did dancing, singing. I went to Ukrainian school. I went to Ukrainian catechism. I went to Ukrainian plus, like I did all the things, but somewhere I got messaging and I believe it was from, I remember being in, in the room with a bunch of other girls that, um, and I actually know them still and they're lovely women. And I think it's so interesting because kids can just be so stupid, right? Like we can just say the dumbest shit and it impacts. And I remember just thinking, and whether it was my mom, I don't know. I got messaging in that time frame that I didn't belong because I wasn't a full Ukrainian kid. And in that zone, there was this time and I keep thinking about it and it keeps kind of popping up in my, in my orbit around this thing we had to do when you're in scouts, you have to earn your badges. Right. And so I was earning my public speaking badge and I was pretty shy as a kid. I think, I think most kids are pretty shy, but I was pretty shy and I'm not great at memorizing. I'm much better. Like I'm a kinesthetic learner. Like if you let me do it a few times or whatever, I will get it, but I'm not really good at like, um, like memorizing. And so I had to memorize this Ukrainian poem by a, a poet named Taras Shevchenko. 
any of my Ukrainian people recognize that name, just let me know. And I bombed. So I, so basically I got up in the front of the room and it was in the basement of this place, which is an office building. It was just normal, whatever. And there was like a table and my, and it's called Brachike and Sisterichke, which is brothers and sisters. So the, you know, the, the leaders and they were there and they were going to critique and take, you know, if I was going to get the badge or not. And I remember I, I, I studied the shit out of this poem. I really, really tried. And in that moment, I stood up and I got about halfway through it. And it's all in Ukrainian, right? So remember, I've got this story that I don't belong because I'm not full, full Ukrainian. And then I have to do this like full Ukraine, even though I'd been in school in Ukrainian school, like I did well, it, it just was a story. So I get up to the front, I start and I halfway through, I completely fucking freeze. Like I'm like frozen in my shoes and my sweet dad is sitting there off to the side. And I just, that was it. I choked and I went and I sat down on his knee. He he got down on the ground and he put his knee up and he's so sweet. And I sat down on, I'm getting emotional talking about it. And I sat down on his knee and he just said, it's okay. Like, it's no big deal. But I was mortified, right? Like that was the, that was the moment in time where it got anchored that I didn't belong. And so I'm busy believing. So then what happens, right? For the rest of the, until you correct it, until you go back and fix it, you're going to find other examples of how you don't belong. So there was examples I've found in my family. Yep. I don't belong. Oh, look, they're emotionally and physically trying to get me out of the house. Yep. I don't belong. Oh, my friends don't. And I had this throughout constantly. I never felt like I fit in and I never felt like I belonged to any one group. And I'm, I'm 45 and I've just, I've said the same thing and it still comes up. And so with money, with the feast or famine, what I've, what we figured out and what we kind of landed on was that money equals freedom and freedom scares me because it feels like I'm not tethered or anchored to anything because I don't belong. So of course that's not true. And so part of the reprogram reprogramming of the subconscious is, or the unconscious or tiny mind is that you just really view this event differently in a, through a different lens and figure out what did I learn? What did, what did I learn through this event? Well, I learned that I don't give a shit about learning Ukrainian poems and reciting them. I have no passion for that. I don't care. I learned that, um, that kids are, can be shitty and they don't even know what they're saying. And just to give them grace and forgiveness, I learned that I don't want to belong. I'm different. I have a totally different spin on things from most of my peers. Not, not now because I've really surrounded myself with people like-minded people, but like, I don't want to fit in. I don't want to belong. If that means if, if, if belonging means I don't get to say things the way that I say them or belonging means I don't get to like express myself in a way that feels good to me, then I'm not interested. I'm not signing up for that show. So I learned that. And so like, you, you know, I, I, I really recognize, but it, the, the thing that's so critical, and this is why like I'm blessed to work with the people that I work with because they do this type of, of work. Um, but many, many, many coaches, they don't do it. And so I've worked with a lot of coaches in the past who are incredible. They're absolutely incredible at like strategy and, you know, accountability and all those things, but they don't do that deep work. And this deep work is really the thing that will unlock everything. So fast forward, I do all this work and 
all of a sudden, like magic, not really like magic, but all of a sudden it doesn't feel that way anymore. All of a sudden I'm like, okay, I belong here. There's a seat at this table and it's for me. And like, here's the fundamental thing about women is like part of it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to say it and it, you can take it. You, you know, I always say this, you could take it, you could leave it, whatever. But like part of our problem is we do tie identity to that. Oh, I'm a girl. And Oh, poor me. I don't fit in. Oh, I don't belong. Like enough already. Okay. We run the fucking world. Let's just get over that bullshit narrative that just cause you're a woman, all the things like it's nonsense. It is nonsense. And if you look for reasons for that story to be true, you'll find it. But if you look for reasons for the opposite to be true, you'll also, you'll find that too. So let's start looking for reasons why we do belong right? Stop looking for reasons why it's hard. Stop looking for reasons why it doesn't, you doesn't, it doesn't make sense or you can't because you're like enough. The gig is up, right? Like we know we're powerful. Men know we're powerful. There's a massive shift happening in our world, in our orbit, in our, you know, on our planet where we are, we are rising collectively together as a sisterhood for real, for the first time in probably who knows how long. Right. Like I always talk about, you know, five years ago when we're all like, oh, I'll fix your crown and bus, babe. And all this It was all fucking fake. It was like we all wanted to just and I'm not including myself in that because I did definitely did not get an, into that because it, it was fake. And I had no desire to be around fake sh- bullshit like that. And it was like, let's let's show let's have the appearance of really sticking up for one another. Let's have the appearance of like being these strong women together. But really, we're not. Really, we're back here still chirping and saying shit. Like, that was five years ago. Maybe it's partly because I'm in a different zone of women now. Who knows? But for me, what I see is this gorgeous, gorgeous collection of women who are totally standing up together. It's not fake. It's genuine because we finally have recognized the power of unity between us. And so to say you don't belong in that sisterhood anymore, girlfriend, that ain't true. That's a bullshit story. There's a welcome mat for you and you're, it's your time to step through it. But like, if you're feeling like you want to start a business or you like, that's my, that's my favorite thing to talk about. And my favorite kind of woman to help through the journey is the one who's about to start a business or who has, has a business and wants to transition into a different one you belong at this table. Like, hear me now. You belong at this table. We need all of us to get around the table. Like that is what needs to happen. And why? Because every, you know, I talk about masculine, feminine energy. If, if we continue down the road of hunters, all of us, when we're at work, when we're at play, when we're with our kids, when we're with our spouse, if women, if we continue to only operate in the hunter mode and the masculine energy, nothing will change. So when I say you belong, it's because we need you. So if you're, if you're somebody who it, it doesn't even matter if you want to be a coach or a consultant or have a photography business or whatever, when you dip into the feminine and you start to feel like you belong where, where you want to be, that's when everything will rise. Not a moment before, because a moment before, if you're in hunter mode, what do hunters do? There's one lion. I need it. He needs it. Who's going to get it? Like there's no collaboration that happens in that mode. Right. And so 
when, when I say you belong, it's like time to claim your shit. It's time to claim it. It's time to wake up and say, you know what? I've had enough of this shit. I'm not going to pretend to be something I'm not. I'm not going to continue to operate just in the masculine because it makes sense. This is my time to like actually take a seat at the table. And the seat at the table is a, a women is is a group, sorry, of, of of women that is such a strong sisterhood. Even in my groups, like I'm so humbled when I look at the women in my STO accelerator. Like, ladies, I can't even explain it. Just watching them you know, hold space for one another and like carry each other and offer like advice. It's so beautiful. And as the leader of the tribe in this case, that's what I want. I'm not interested. Like it doesn't, if somebody has an idea that's better than mine that I haven't thought of, okay. So there's 7.6 billion people on this planet. There's not room for two of us. Come on. Right. And when I, when I'm calling out to women to, to show up and come and have a seat, it's because again, it's because we need more. We need more people. We need more women. We, I cannot, like I say this all the time, you know, the max that I feel comfortable, you know, working within a year is like a hundred plus, you know, give or take 120 women a year where I feel like I can really do deep impact with that, that level of woman. Okay. So there I've got 120 of them. Who's going to help me with the rest? right? Like this is no joke. There's a lot of work to be done. Like just picture, this is kind of how I picture the world right now, like a really messy kitchen. And I'm not just going to stand there and clean it by myself. I need my sisters to come and help me clean up. You know, it gives us an opportunity to gather. We get to chat. We get to maybe have a glass of wine, but the bottom line is we're together cleaning that kitchen because that kitchen needs everybody in it. It doesn't just need me. So I hope this was useful for you. And if, anytime you have questions, please reach out. I'm happy, happy, happy to share um, at any level that you need. And um, I hope to see you in one of our groups. I love you. Bye.